what's up? My name is Logan Merrick, also known as That Apologetics Dude. And uh, on this channel, uh, on this podcast, I like to dive in, talk about the Bible and uh, helping you dig a little bit deeper in your faith and help answer any questions, help clarify things, maybe help clarify what's going on uh, in certain passages, which is what we're going to talk about today in regards to abortion and Numbers chapter five. Um, we're going to look at a lot of stuff, but this channel and this podcast is fully for you to help you dig deeper, know your faith better, and just love Jesus more. And we can do that when you really dig into the scriptures. And so I love doing that. So if you would, if you're watching me on YouTube, would you consider subscribing? If you're listening to me on a podcast, uh, no matter where you're doing that from, would you consider, hey, following me, leaving a review, share this with your friends, would love to just be a part of your growth strategy and how you're digging in deeper uh, with the word. So as I already said, in this video, we're going to talk about Numbers chapter five and what does the Bible say about abortion? All right. So I was uh, looking through, as you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned, which is uh, for me as a conservative, uh, I rejoiced. Um, abortion is near and dear to my heart um, because of just some personal testimonial things. Uh, in regards to that. And so I don't take this topic lightly. I don't say it with sarcasm. I don't say it. Um, I don't talk about it as someone who doesn't have experience with it. Um, and I don't pass judgment on women who are right now in hard places, just trying to figure out what they're, what they're supposed to do. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're watching me right now and you're like, I just was told I had, um, I'm pregnant. I can't afford a child or um, I, this was conceived in rape or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for a kid or I've got dreams and this child is not, not part of that, you know, timing or that's, you know, story right now, whatever, just know my heart goes out to you. And if you need help, I want you to know right now, you can reach out to me. Um, and I can help point you, uh, to help, um, because that's what this video is all about. It's one helping others answer the question about numbers chapter five, um, and what the Bible has to say about abortion and about babies. Um, but also it's about trying to help you get help. So stay with me throughout the remainder of this video and uh, I'll tell you how you can do that. So number chapter five, I was scrolling through, um, with this whole Roe versus Wade thing, uh, being overturned. And I came across a, uh, an article that was just published today, uh, June 27, 2022. And, uh, it says basically that it's only conservative Christians that truly believe that the Bible doesn't, uh, that the Bible doesn't support abortion, but actually the Bible does support abortion. And it goes into all this stuff and it's quoting all of these very left leaning progressive pastors. Um, and they quote the same things. They say that the Bible says that, um, that, Life begins at first breath. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. Unless you're Adam and God breathed into you and formed you out of dust. It does not say that. Okay. Um, it, it, it does talk about life being in the womb and there being life at conception. And we're going to look at all those examples and what the Bible says. But then it goes on to talk about Exodus or uh, numbers chapter five, 11, uh, starting in verse 11, but I'm going to read, um, numbers, uh, 27 in different translations because they go to, uh, numbers 
and, and Numbers chapter five, and they read it from the NIV, which I'll read to you from the NIV translation, because the translation here is the key to all of it. Okay. Um, but I've got three different translations here. I've got New King James. I've got Christian Standard right here. And I've got ESV. So I'm going to read from all of them and you're going to see a theme except for with the NIV. But the NIV states this. It says in verse 27, again, you can read 11 through uh, 31 is the entire passage, but I'm, and I'm going to give you some context in just a second. But here's what it says. If she has made herself impure and been unfaithful to her husband, this will be the result. When she is made to drink the water that brings a curse and causes bitter suffering, it will enter her. Her admin will swell and her womb will miscarry and she will become a curse. If, however, the woman has not been made herself impure, but is clean, she will be cleared of all guilt and will be able to have children. Now, if you just heard those two verses from the NIV, you'd be like, wow, the Bible uh, talks about abortion and having an abortion and an elective abortion. Um, but it doesn't. We need a whole lot more context to that. So what is exactly happening? Well, this passage in Numbers chapter five is talking about a woman that is, uh, she's had an, an adulterous uh, relationship with another man and her husband gets jealous. She can bring, uh, the man can bring his wife to a priest. The priest will then give this water, uh, this kind of dirty water to this woman. And if she is guilty, something will happen. And if she is not, she won't, nothing will happen. But what is actually happening here? Is this really talking about an abortion? Well, again, the NIV is the only one that talks about miscarriage. Okay. That's the only one that translates that word miscarriage, whereas the others translate it thigh or womb or stomach is, is those, is those, uh, the Hebrew word. So here's what the other translations say. And when he has made her to drink the water, then if she has defiled herself and has broken faith with her husband, the water that brings the curse shall enter into her and cause bitter pain and her womb shall swell and her thigh shall fall away. And the woman shall become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, then she shall be free and shall conceive children. That's the ESV. You're going to see the same thing in the Christian standard. When he makes her to drink the water, if she has defiled herself and been unfaithful to her husband, the water that brings a curse will enter her to, and cause her bitter suffering. Her belly will swell and her womb will shrivel. That's key. She will become a curse among her people. Okay. She will become a curse among her people is also a crucial thing for you to take note of. And New King James. When he has made her to drink the water, then it shall be if she has defiled herself and behaved unfaithfully toward her husband, that the water that brings a curse will enter her and become bitter and her belly will swell and her thigh will rot and the woman will become a curse among her people. So what exactly is happening here? Well, it's not abortion that's happening. What's happening here is women in that time, if they were, uh, they, they, to, to not have children or not have the ability to have children was considered to have, be a curse because all the women wanted to be the one that be the family that brought the Messiah into 
uh, history or the lineage of the Messiah. And so to have children was a big deal. Everyone wanted to be the one, the woman chosen that would bring the Messiah to uh, save the world. And so that's what like, so if you did not have the ability to have children, you were considered to be accursed. Um, God had passed judgment upon you. So what's happening in this passage? Well, what's happening is, is God is, is, uh, passing judgment upon the woman. The woman or the husband is not actually having an abortion. Okay. There's no child conceived in this moment. It's God passing judgment. Dirty water does not induce abortion. Okay. This is God being the one to pass judgment. And this was a way if the pre, if she drank the water, the woman agreed to drink the water. And if she had defiled herself, then she would then be a curse and her womb would shrivel and she would be considered cursed to her people. So that's what's going on here. Now, let's just say it was talking about abortion in some way. Um, if notice that it's God passing judgment, if God was the one to bring an abortion about and the child was to die, if, and again, this isn't talking about a child inside the womb, but let's just say that it was God has the ability to take the life or to give it because God is a righteous judge, not us. He is the giver and taker of life. It is only by his grace that your heart is beating. You can't make your heart beat. You can't make your lungs fill with air. Your brain does it and you don't even think about it. But if God were to at any moment say it's time, your heart would stop your breath would no, your lungs would no longer fill with air. It's only by God's grace that that happens. So God, if this passage was talking about that, God would be the one passing judgment, not man, not woman. It is not their ability to take a life. It is God's period. So when we look at numbers chapter five, context is completely key and we cannot just take from that and go, Oh yeah, it's talking about abortion. Also, Abortion goes against the character of God. What do I mean by that? Well, um, when we look at before, let's look at Cain and Abel. If you don't know the story of Cain and Abel, Cain kills his brother Abel, murders him. There is not the law yet. Thou shalt not murder is not a thing yet. And so how does Cain know he had done wrong? Because he already knew the character of God. Notice that he doesn't actually even get upset with God. Um, he, he is like, Hey, I did it. I know what I did was wrong. He doesn't fight back. He knows what he did was wrong. Why? Because he knows the character of God. What about the Jewish uh, midwives when Pharaoh said that all uh, boys should be murdered and killed and the midwives were told to murder little boys? Why didn't the Jewish midwives follow through with that? Again, law wasn't there yet. Because they knew the character of God and they knew that that was not something would stand, God would stand for. God is the giver of life and he sees children as a blessing. And midwives understood that too. And so they weren't going to be the ones to take, to take a life, period. But what does the Bible say about also uh, Numbers 5? If you go to Numbers 32, verse 23, Numbers 32 says, your sin will find you out. That refers back to Numbers chapter five. It's basically God just saying, you cannot hide from me. Your sin does not is not hidden from me and they will be found out. 
So remember Numbers chapter five, it's all about context. Don't try to say that it's about uh, abortion or God saying that it's okay to have an abortion, any of that. Um, <clears throat> now, what does the Bible say about uh, does life begin at first breath? No, only Adam, like I said earlier, only Adam gives, has that, had that ability. He was formed out of the dust and God breathed in him. All the rest of us, we were conceived of, right? We were conceived in our mother's womb. All of us, since Adam, everybody else was conceived in our mother's womb. And from the time of conception, we're alive, not when we breathe outside of the womb and, and the Bible does not make a distinction between those that are outside of the womb and those that are inside the womb it sees it both the same. How can I say that? Well, in the old Testament, the Bible doesn't categorize children inside or outside the womb as different. I'll point to some examples in just a second. In the new Testament, we see the same thing. The word baby brephos is used interchangeably to describe babies inside and outside the womb period. In scripture, we see the Bible talk about life in the womb with these examples. Jacob and Esau, they fought, they tussled inside the womb to try to come out. Pretty crazy. They were, they were straight up dropping bows on each other, already showing their mom and dad that they were going to have a pretty contentious relationship. Samson being dedicated as a Nazarite. He was, he was dedicated as a Nazarite. God said he would be a Nazarite inside the womb. He didn't wait for him to come outside the womb to dedicate him or to be uh, considered and to have a purpose and to have a ministry of a Nazarite. It was already inside the womb that he was dedicated. And then Samson even says this to Delilah that he was declared a Nazarite and to take a Nazarite vow inside the womb. So again, inside the womb, not outside. They're not different. John the Baptist meeting Christ inside his mother's womb leapt. So John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins, both inside the womb. When Mary comes to Elizabeth inside the womb, John the Baptist leaps. Again, life at conception. Job recognized his existence in his mother's womb. Battling significant despair of his own life, Jeremiah wanders out loud to God. And he says this, why did you not kill me in the womb? So my mother would have been my grave. Why did I come out from the womb to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? So again, Jeremiah is pointing to the fact that there's life inside the womb. Jeremiah also states this uh, in his book, the Lord telling him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Again, God giving purpose, God giving ministry, God giving value inside the womb, not outside. And then David says in Psalm 139, he says, I, you formed my inward parts. You strategically knitted me together inside my mother's womb. So all of this points to how the Bible feels about life inside the womb. Now, if you're watching this and you're like, well, I don't believe in, I don't believe in God. I don't, you should be pushing your religion uh, on the laws of uh, our country, yada, yada, yada. That's a discussion for another thing. This video is specifically for Christians asking the question, what does the Bible say about abortion? And what is this whole numbers five business? How do I, how do I understand it? What is the context? That discussion 
or the non-believer in abortion and politics is for another video, but it's not for this one. So I hope that helps you just a little bit understand what the Bible says about abortion. Again, if you've got questions, hit me up. If you uh, wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, consider subscribing for more videos. Um, looking forward to hanging out with you more. See you later.